So, brethren, it's a pleasure being here once again. And all scriptures will be read from the King James Version Bible. And today's segments um, will be speaking on fornication, which is the only God-approved, Christ-endorsed ground for divorce and remarriage in the Jewish tradition. Now, I hope persons have listened to the segments that were done prior in order to follow on today's segments. Right? So I'll start. I am convinced that many of you, my dear brethren and online listeners, would have already realized that fornication, which is premarital sexual intercourse, is the only Christ-endorsed ground for divorce and remarriage in the Jewish matrimonial tradition. However, if you are not yet so convinced, no doubt you would be after listening to this segment. Brethren, Jesus was consistent with his doctrine that the only ground for divorce and remarriage in the Jewish tradition was fornication during one's engagement and never adultery. So, I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 to 32 in the Old King James Version Bible. So, I'll start from verse 31. It has been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing meaning a bill of divorcement but i say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife saving for the cause of fornication causeth her to commit adultery and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committed adultery so that was matthew chapter 5 verses 31 to 32 in the old King James Version Bible. Under our Western matrimonial tradition, however, what was just read in Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 to 32, does not make sense, right? That is under our Western matrimonial tradition. For a wife in the West, could never commit fornication. For her part, any extramarital affair which has a sexual dimension with any male must be deemed adultery and not fornication. This fact alone limits Jesus, except for the sake of fornication, statement to the Jewish engagement and matrimonial system and not to that which is practiced in the West. With this, you must agree. On the other hand, the Matthew chapter 5 verse 31 and the 32 verses clearly spell out the only ground in which a Jewish man is allowed to divorce and remarry, as the case in which his engaged fiancé has sexually defiled herself 
prior to her official wedding day. Accordingly, she would have committed fornication and not adultery for this reason and this reason only. Jesus approved divorce and remarriage under the Jewish matrimonial tradition. This fact can be verified by reading Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 to 32, and Matthew chapter 19, verse 8 to 9. Now, when one remembers that Matthew wrote specifically with the Jewish nation in view, one understands the reason for the except for fornication clause in these two passages and its absence in Mark chapter 10 verse 2 to 12 and Luke chapter 16 verse 18. The two other passages in which Jesus dealt with this divorce issue. Now, if my conclusion is a right one, I should be able to provide appropriate biblical evidence to support such a claim. Fortunately for us, the first proof that comes to mind is that which was provided by the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself. Thanks to St. Matthew for this invaluable information which has been made available to us relative to the Jewish engagement and matrimonial tradition. Accordingly, we observe that when Mary was engaged to Joseph but before they were legally married, the blessed virgin was found to be with child as in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. But notice, if you will, that although they were not yet married, Joseph was called Mary's husband. Read Matthew chapter 1 verse 19. In addition to the fact that engaged Joseph was called Mary's husband, please notice also that the angel of the Lord that appeared unto him called engaged Mary, Joseph's wife, as the following text shows in Matthew chapter 1 verse 20, which states, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So that was Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. And this not all, as the following quote unmistakably reveals, in Matthew chapter 1 verse 24 to 25, which states, Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he, meaning Joseph, called his name Jesus. One can read Matthew chapter 1 verse 24 to 25 as confirmation. And time saints, please notice that Joseph acknowledges engaged virgin as his wife. That's in Matthew chapter 1 verse 24. And that twice in that passage, Mary was called his wife, although they were not yet married. Read Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 and 24. Brethren, the use of the words husband and wife as used in the scriptures 
could only have been relevantly used to describe this unique Jewish tradition of engagement. It could have never ever been so used to describe a similar situation in the Western Hemisphere. Of this, I am sure. And I know that I have your full support on this matter. This is why the except is only used in the Matthew text. Wrapped your hopeful seats. The custom of an engaged Jewish virgin being called a man's wife, even before she was legally married, can be traced as early as in Moses' day. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23 to 24, and observe that an engaged virgin was considered to be the wife of the man to whom she was engaged. This harmonizes with Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 24, and is the foundation of the Jewish engagement and matrimonial tradition. The following quotes, accordingly, highlights if a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed meaning engaged unto an husband and a mind find her in the city and lie with her then he shall bring them both out unto the gate of the city and he shall stone them with stones that they die the damsel because she cried not being in the city and the man because he had humbled his neighbor's wife so thou shalt put away evil from among you. That is Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23 to 24. Now, it is common knowledge that pornia, meaning fornication, is sometimes used to describe sexual immorality generally. However, when Jesus used the word pornia for fornication, and then use moika for adultery, we must conclude that pornia is used specifically to describe premarital sexual immorality instead of post-marital infidelity. Moreover, the fact that pornia, meaning fornication, is often used to describe sexual immorality generally is a phenomenon that is not peculiar to the Greek language only. For in our English language also, several words behave in a similar manner. For example, the word man, M-A-N, when used generally, can, meet, can mean both male and female, since the word man then means mankind. However, when we say the man was killed, but the woman was spared. Man, M-A-N, there can never mean mankind, but is limited to the male species. Now, because the word pornia is sometimes used in a similar manner as the word man is sometimes used, Jesus, in an effort to avoid all ambiguity in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, and Matthew chapter 19, verse 9, deliberately used pornia, meaning for fornication, and moika, meaning for adultery, in both sentences. Now, I would say, what a consistent teacher he is. End time saints and brethren, 
read matthew chapter 19 verse 3 to 10 underscoring verses 3 to 6 particularly and you will observe that jesus makes it abundantly clear that god is absolutely against this divorce business now when his inquirers tried to find out whether jesus was supportive of the amendments which moses under pressure made to the original matrimonial act jesus plainly replied that moses wrote them that amendment only because of their hard-heartedness but that was never god's plan for israel read matthew chapter 19 verse 78 neither is it god's plan for us today following that disclosure jesus proceeded to explain to his jewish inquirers that the only legitimate ground for divorce and remarriage was that of fornication now since fornication is sexual intercourse before marriage as is indicated by the use of pornia in matthew chapter 5 verse 32 and matthew chapter 19 verse 9 jesus could only have been referring to unfaithfulness before the jewish marriage was duly consummated and not after for if the idolatry was what jesus had in mind instead of fornication he would have used the word moika twice instead of pornia then moika for moikia means idolatry specifically while pornia can mean both just as the word man can mean mankind generally but the male species primarily undoubtedly jesus treatment of this divorce and remarriage issue must be viewed against the background of the liberal divorce and remarriage amendment to god's original matrimonial statue of genesis chapter 2 verse 23 to 24 which moses was pressured into writing in deuteronomy chapter 24 verses 1 to 3. now look at matthew chapter 19 verses 3 and verse 78 and observe that this was what the pharisees wanted jesus to uphold he refused and instead upheld premarital chastity by allowing for divorce and remarriage only for premarital infidelity of an engaged damsel who under the jewish engagement and matrimonial tradition was considered to be a wife as we read in deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 23 to 24 matthew chapter 1 verse 18 to 20 and verse 24. on the other hand when jesus dealt with marital relationships generally and not with the unique jewish system he never once mentioned except for he did not then nor does not now allow for any in the new covenant this truth can be verified by reviewing his treatment of this divorce and remarriage issue in the gospels of saint mark and luke for when specifically asked if it were lawful for a man to divorce to divorce his wife as in mark chapter 10 verse 2 jesus replied accordingly so that i'm reading mark chapter 10 verse 3 which said what did moses command you the pharisees responded that moses suffered meaning permitted them to write a bill of divorcement 
and to put her away. Jesus then replied, For the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this divorce precept, right? But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause, the cause of marriage, shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And they twain, meaning two, shall be one flesh, so that they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God had joined together, let no man put asunder. Brethren, Jesus' disciples wanted to make sure that they understood what he told the Pharisees initially. Therefore, when they were together in the house, they again questioned Jesus as to whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. The following was Jesus' second reply to the said question on that very day. And I'll be reading Mark chapter 10, verse 11 to 12, and it states, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another, committed adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away, meaning divorce her husband, and be married to another, she committed adultery. So that was Mark chapter 10, verses 11 to 12. Can anything, brethren, I am asking this question now, can anything be more simple and plain? And I think you must agree that nothing could be more plain. Now, if what I just read in Mark chapter 10, verse 11 to 12 be true, then the modern interpretation of Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, and Matthew chapter 19, verse 9, could not be an exception to Jesus' doctrine. Instead, it would have been a contradiction for Jesus would then have allowed for an except in Matthew's gospel while disallowing such in St. Mark's. But he didn't. This being the case, the Old King James Version Bible rendering of Matthew chapter 5 verse 32 and Matthew chapter 19 verse 9 that allows for divorce and remarriage only for fornication which is premarital unfaithfulness by an engaged female partner, must be correct. With this, you must agree. Moreover, to confirm the eternal fact that Jesus never taught that a man or woman, once lawfully married, can divorce and then remarry, one only has to read what Jesus said on this issue, which is recorded in St. Luke's Gospel. The following speaks clearly to this point under review. So I'll reading Luke chapter 16, verse 18, which states, Whosoever put it away, his wife and married another committed adultery. And whosoever married her that is put away from her husband committed adultery. The former quote is what St. Mark, who wrote for the Roman world, produced. And the latter is what St. Luke wrote for all the nations of the world to follow. So what was just read, therefore, is what all properly instructed students of the world would believe and teach. Brethren, to further prove that Jesus said exactly what he meant in Matthew chapter 5 verse 32 and Matthew chapter 19 verse 9. One only has to examine the epistles of the Apostle Paul, 
who received these doctrines from Jesus Christ himself. Read Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. And observe that Paul does not once mention anything that remotely points to these except for fornication texts. On the contrary, when dealing with marital relationships, he was careful to state that his doctrine was what Christ himself taught. Accordingly, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 to 11, where he dealt with separation, he was emphatic that what he commanded was what Christ had already commanded. The following quote highlights. In verse 10, And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she departs, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. So I just read from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 to 11. Moreover, in his epistle to the Romans, no provision whatsoever was made for divorce and remarriage in Romans chapter 7, verse 1 to 3. And in his letter to the Ephesian church, he did not even mention the notion of any separation. Instead, he simply repeated in his own words what was already established in Genesis chapter 2 verse 24, Malachi chapter 2 verse 15, Matthew chapter 19 verse 5, and Mark chapter 10 verse 78. My dear brethren, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 31 surely confirms what I just read and surely confirms my conclusion that was stated earlier. And St. Paul's epistle to the Romans surely destroys all the liberals' arguments in favor of divorce and remarriage in this dispensation of grace. As the following text clearly revealed in Romans chapter 7 verse 2 to 3, which states, The woman which had an husband is bound by the law, meaning the matrimonial law, to her husband as long as he liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Verse 3. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man. She shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Read Romans chapter 7, verse 2 to 3. Hold one second, bedroom. I'll be back shortly. So sorry about that, brethren. 
So because of these facts, brethren, we can be absolutely certain that when Jesus used the word pornia for fornication in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, and Matthew chapter 19, verse 9, and Moikia for adultery in those said verses, he was, by the use of pornia, P-O-R-N-E-I-A, referring to premarital unfaithfulness on the part of an engaged damsel, as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23 to 24, or as Joseph initially supposed Mary had done in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 20, instead of post-marital infidelity, which would then have been adultery. If that were not the case, he would have used Moikia, which is M-O-I-K-E-I-A, the word that specifically means adultery, twice. Instead of Pornia, then Moikia in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, and Matthew chapter 19, verse 9. This fact, brethren, makes fornication the only God-approved, Christ-endorsed ground for divorce and remarriage under the Jewish matrimonial tradition. Now, if we wish to use this aspect of the Jewish matrimonial tradition in our Western matrimonial system, we would have to adapt to the entire Jewish engagement and matrimonial system. Otherwise, we would be courting chaos instead of societal stability. For neither Jesus nor the Apostle Paul ever taught that adultery was a God-approved ground for divorce and remarriage. Never. This is so in spite of what the liberals say. In justification of my stated position, I humbly ask you, my dear brethren, to look at Jesus' discourse on this said issue in St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, from verse 2 to 12, and observe Jesus' treatment never allowed for any divorce and remarriage while one's marriage partner was alive. This said position is maintained in Romans chapter 7, verse 1 to 3, and 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39. Moreover, where living together is untenable, separation is allowed with the following window of opportunity for reconciliation built into the ordinance as can be seen by the following. So one should read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 to 11 as confirmation, which states, And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 to 11. Brethren, what was just said, that ordinance is what God has proposed, and that is what all Christians should believe, obey, and teach. So that's the end of my segment today, brethren. I will be live next week again brethren have a safe and productive week remember that jesus christ will be returning and he will be returning soon so please prepare yourselves for his return 
spend time on a daily basis reading the holy word strengthen yourselves brethren because what lies ahead for us we will need the scriptures to actually survive and to hold on to so jesus christ loves you and i love you brethren so bye for now